Hey, Mysterions. Welcome back to Crimes, Cryptids, and Controversies. I'm Shay. And I'm Jen. And we're here with our friends over from the Brutal Bazaar and Boozy podcast. So we have Jane and Declan from over at Brutal Bazaar and Boozy. Hi, guys. Hi. Their podcast is incredible. So definitely go over and listen. But today we're going to be talking about the Amityville horror, the crime and the home and the hauntings. I'm super excited. So we're just going to get into it today. We're not even going to do a news break. We're just going to go. By the way, Declan and Jane did all this research. Like, their research is so good. So, again, go listen to their show because they're super in-depth and precise with their research. I'm reading through these notes right now, and I'm like, wow, these are really good. So, I just wanted to shout out that it was not Jen or I. We did (laughs) zero work with these notes. It was all you guys. We can't take any credit for that. (laughs) And we won't. (laughs) Thanks so much. But I will say that you guys, I've listened to your episodes, and you do awesome research as well. So, um, great coverage on what I've heard from you. Declan, you're kicking us off. Let's do this. Alrighty. So, the Lutz family was excited to move into their newly purchased large home in December 1975. It was a 4,000 square foot home in Long Island, New York. Just 28 short days later, the family left their home and belongings with no intention of returning. Bad things had happened there and they wanted nothing to do with it. What happened to this home and when did it start? We may never know the full answers, but we do know that a tragic event occurred one year before the Lutz family moved into the home. The previous owners were the DeFeo family. Let's talk about the tragic event that occurred in 1974 with the DeFeo family and some background about them. The DeFeo family purchased the home at 112 Ocean Avenue in Long Island, New York in 1965. The family was headed by Father Ronald Sr., nicknamed Big Ronnie, and Mother Louise. They had five children, Ronald Jr., who was also known as Butch, daughters Dawn and Allison, and younger sons Mark and John. Ronald Jr., or Butch, was the oldest, and he had a difficult childhood. He was bullied at school, but at home was not a place of solace for him because his father was abusive and his mother was pretty passive about it. Butch even threatened his father with a gun once. In his teen years, he started using drugs and alcohol. As he got older, he tended to spend his free time drinking, doing drugs, and getting into fights. Peach of a guy. Okay. Off to a good start. (laughs) Yeah. He started working at the car dealership where his father was the manager. Job didn't go very well, and he barely stayed employed. His employment was less than relevant financially, though, because his parents gave him a weekly allowance, and he lived at home with them and his four siblings. That must have been real nice. Right? Why would you want to work if your parents (laughs) are just, like, giving you a weekly allowance? I would like to be adopted. I definitely wouldn't. No kidding. (laughs) I would not want to be adopted by this family, though. Oh, okay. (laughs) I guess that's a good point. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe not the DeFeo, but like the same general vibe of that family. I would like to be adopted into that. Exactly. On November 13th, 1974, Butch went to work as usual, but left early, which apparently was also pretty usual for him to just take off in the middle of the day. He spent a few hours at Henry's Bar, about a block away from his home. 
the locals were used to seeing him at the location. That afternoon, he made numerous calls to his home without an answer, which he told several people around him about the unanswered calls and eventually he left. A couple of hours later, at about 6.30 p.m., Butch returned to the bar and burst through the front door. He stated, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot, end quote. Huh. He was able to gather some friends and other locals to go to the home with him. There, a horrific discovery was made. Everyone was dead. Both parents and all four of Butch's siblings were found laying face down in their beds with gunshot wounds to the back, and there was no apparent struggle. His parents had each been shot twice, and the siblings had been shot once each. The police were called to the home and started their investigation. Oh my God. In the back. All right, so now on to the investigation. All victims had been shot with a 35 caliber rifle several hours before the discovery. The estimated time of death was 3.15 a.m. Due to the positions of the victims and lack of any signs of a fight, the police concluded some type of silencer had been used. While talking with Butch at the home, he claimed the murders had been done by a known hitman, Louis Fellini, and that he had made Butch watch as his family was murdered. Oh. Oh. Both of us, oh. Don't love that. Right, I don't that. The police were concerned for Butch's safety, so they took him to the police station and continued interviewing him. During his interview, however, there were inconsistencies in the story. Police also learned that the hitman, Fellini, had an alibi and was not even in the state. Oops. <laughs> That's so random. So, Jade, do you, know, do you know if he, like, worked with Fellini at any point? Or was he just picking out names from his head? He's like, well, I heard this guy's a hitman, so let's, like, go with him. I didn't really see anything that there was a reason why he specifically pointed at Fellini. However, there was discussion that I believe it was his mother's family was involved with the mafia somehow. Okay. That'll do it. So potentially he knew the name from that, but there wasn't a whole lot of discussion about why he would have said this particular guy. He just like panicked. He's like, uh, shit, Fellini, not me, for sure. So maybe Fellini was in the mafia and he knew he killed people like a hitman. So he just picked him. Yeah, probably. Rolling the dice, hoping it would work. (laughs) He's like, I think he lives around here, but like, unlucky for him, he was on vacation. So sucks to be out of the state. (laughs) So the day after the murders, Butch confessed to murdering his entire family. He explained how he had cleaned up, discarded evidence like bloody clothes, the rifle, and cartridges. Then he decided to go to work. At the time, he stated, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. Okay, well, you had to move your feet to other rooms, so I feel like you maybe could have made a few conscious decisions, but all right. He definitely went to multiple rooms, so he could have been like, maybe I should stop. Yeah, I feel like once you get a droplet of blood splattered on you, maybe it's a good time to reassess your decision-making process. The trial began almost a year later, in October of 1975. Butch and his defense attorney, William Weber, had a hard road ahead of them. Butch had confessed, and there had essentially been no other real suspects. The decision was made to present an insanity defense, and Butch testified to hearing voices that told him to kill his family. The defense tactic didn't work, and ultimately, Butch was convicted of six counts of second-degree murder in November of 1975. A couple of weeks later, he was sentenced to six sentences of 25 years to life. Over the years, Butch had changed his story multiple times. He made claims that he was never involved and that it was just someone he knew. One story was that his oldest sister, Dawn, had committed all the murders, and then he killed her out of anger for what she had done to their siblings. Whoa. 
That's some Chris <gasps> Watts type beat right there. Yeah. That's really unfortunate though when people drag other the victims people. In? Yeah. The like, victims. Yeah. Because Dawn can't say anything. Maybe Dawn was a nice lady. Like, you don't nope. know. That's so rude. Well, and then I wonder back in 1975, did they even check Dawn's, did they check all their hands for gunpowder or anything? Would no clue. Have? <laughs> no, you know, like, would they would it even be a thing like i'm just gonna check all their hands for gunpowder i don't even know if they would yeah there was actually gunpowder residue on don's nightgown and so the defense was saying oh well see she wouldn't have got that on there if she hadn't committed it but then the text came in and said well it's actually because she was shot in the back and the <laughs> gunpowder residue ended up on her back because he shot her in the back wow yeah. So that kind of dispelled the whole idea that she was the one that was responsible for everything. Okay, so it sounds like they're just drawing straw, drawing at straws. Like they're just trying to Oh, find for sure. I lost count of how many times he changed his story. Yeah, because it looks like there's another version here where he claimed that <laughs> Dawn yep. was responsible. He struggled with her for the gun, but he accidentally shot her in that one. How she do you accidentally shoot somebody in the back while you're struggling for the gun? That's I don't what know. I was just thinking. I'm like trying to picture this in my head. I'm like, how'd that work? She's a contortionist, right. okay? Leave her alone. Damn. True. She might be don't... super flexy. <laughs> right? You don't know her life story, guys. True. I'm just trying to figure out, too, like if they were uh, accusing her of shooting and the gunpowder was only on her back do they think she just like blindly started shooting from behind her back she's annie oakley and she's doing a reverse <laughs> shot maybe i love that theory annie oakley confirmed <laughs> or, or they just really thought that these people would be too stupid to figure it out their lives hoping. Wow. <laughs> so he went on to file numerous appeals but they were all ultimately denied and he died in prison in 2021 at the age of 69 oh my gosh i didn't realize it was so recent me neither but yeah. that's a young age to die too well i think he fast-tracked it with all of his like drug and alcohol abuse back in the heyday i don't think that necessarily helped his cause right so now my favorite part the horror story <laughs> we're going to go back to the beginning of the story with the lutz family so this family consists of parents, George and Kathy, who had recently gotten married. There were also their three children named Daniel, Christopher, and Missy. They were all Kathy's children from a previous relationship. The DeFeo house and most of their belongings were put up for sale after the murders. The Lutz family were aware of the circumstances, but after consideration, decided to purchase the house and move in. Honestly, same though. Like that's... I mean... It's hard. <laughs> I mean, like, you might be like, well, they might have just been a little crazy. This is a good deal in a good house. Yeah. Well, just save that bitch. You're good. It. I don't think I could do it. Really? I don't think <laughs> I could. No. I, I don't think I could live in a house where I know somebody died, let alone was violently murdered. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know that I would. Hey. I just could see some people doing it. But yeah, it I'll depends on the person. I mean, yeah, if it's a cool 120 for the house, a uh, 4,000 square foot house, like you've got me messed up if you think I'm not going to buy that house. I don't give a crap. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a, that's a deal and a half right there. Right. They actually <laughs> bought the house in 70, what was it, 75? They bought it for $80,000. Wow. Okay, which was a that's steal a apparently back then for that size of house. I'll wow. just I'll hire a priest. I'll get some holy water. We're right. good. That's my house now. Salt around the perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which doctor, whatever it takes, I don't care, but I'm buying it. 
There is a claim from a priest regarding the house, and he stated that he had been asked by Kathy to bless the home. Okay, perfect. Kathy's on the right path. She's trying. While he was there, he heard a voice telling him to get out, and he felt a slap on his face, but there was no one there. Okay, well, how the turntables, I guess. He claimed that he never mentioned this occurrence to the Lutz family, and that days later he noticed welting on his skin like a severe rash. Okay, but that's days later. I mean, I mean but he's the priest, he and he's, he's kind of sworn to see secrecy so he might have been struggling with whether he should tell them or not <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <just> saying. <laughs> yeah but if you go into a house and your goal is to bless it and something scares the shit out of you to leave i would be like guys this is not the place to live get the fuck we out a literal come to jesus let's go friends yes exactly jesus came to jesus house. and now we gotta go <laughs> However, the story has changed a few times with some contradictions, so no one really knows what happens in that regard. Oh, okay, oh, so we could have been full of Hold shit. on one sec. Shayla, your mic is cutting out, and all I got was however. Oh, shoot. Okay, is that better? Are we good now? Yes. Yep, you're good. Thank God. Also, did I just hear a cat? Yeah, sorry. That was My probably Lily. Right no! <laughs> Don't be sorry. That's precious. <laughs> no, she's... Lulu wanted apparently. to make sure. Oh, she's yeah. That's Lulu. what she does for my podcast. She just runs at me and attacks my leg and then runs away. Oh my God. <laughs> she's like, you are a captive audience and I can do whatever I want. Yeah, and you know what? She Lulu doesn't like being back. ignored. I, That's true. I don't she like doesn't. her being ignored. Bring her on. She can talk with us. She'll be the episode's master. <laughs> Okay, sorry, back to business. So, no basically, to conclude, round this tale out, we do know that 28 days after moving in, the Lutz family left the fled the home, not just left. This wasn't casual. The entire family had some terrifying and otherworldly tales to tell regarding their experiences in the house. Some of their stories included seeing red eyes shining through an upstairs window from outside. George reported seeing Kathy levitating out of bed. Uh -uh, I'm out. (laughs) Bye, Kathy. It's divorce time, bitch. (laughs) You're on your own at that point. Mm -mm. (laughs) The priest warned us you didn't want to listen. I'm out. I would have like gotten the car and left right Right. then. I'm sorry. I'll be back when you're normal again. <laughs> you're normal again. <laughs> there were liquids oozing from the walls and some bizarre physical injuries. The Lutz's story became very popular in the media and was soon made into the book, The Amityville Horror. And then the subsequent movie adaptations, which the Ryan Reynolds one kicks ass and takes names. All of these things certainly sound terrifying, but there have been some discussions that it was all made up and that it was a media stunt or even a defense tactic for Butch's potential appeals. Hmm. In fact, Butch's attorney, William Weber, claimed that the Lutz's story was fake. Different sources state that Weber and George Lutz concocted the haunting story together, while other sources claim Weber and the Amityville book author came up with a plan and brought the Lutz's family in to complete the details. That's interesting. Could you imagine? It's a great defense. I mean, see, it was haunted. That's why Butch killed everybody. So you got to let him go because it was the haunting. It was like the devil made me do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In fact, the house has been bought and sold with different owners several times over the past few decades, and not one other resident reported any paranormal activity. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe well, they cleansed it. They brought that, it with them, like their little pet. It was that the priest. priest. Yeah. It yeah, was the they priest, it for them. sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did a really good job. So the Lutz family maintains that their story is true, but exaggerated by Hollywood for the movies. However, some of the accounts differ between the family members, and they even contradicted themselves with some of the stories. Not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fascinating. I don't know. I guess it could be some sort of asbestos. <laughs> sort of like a gas leak, perhaps. <laughs> but I don't know if it's necessarily it's gas off the bed. Yes, the gas was pushing her off of the bed. Yeah. Right, you know? Thank you. Exactly. See? Blew a pipe. I yep. don't know. <laughs> Out of everything they said, that would have been the end for me. I'm like, oh, no. If you're going to levitate off the bed, I'm I'm leaving. It's very Roland Doe oh. vibes. And you know what? I didn't fuck with that either. I'll be at the local Motel 6 when you're done levitating. <laughs> That's how Come you know find me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm not even going to tell you the room. So we'll see if you can figure it out. <laughs> Use your demon to help find me. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps that up for today. We'll unceremoniously wrap it up as I feel that we normally do. We're horrible at ending episodes. We're just like, so anyway, that was that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Actually, Jane Declan, throw a quick plug in for your podcast, for your website, all that, please. All right, go for it, Mom. So, you got this. Okay. All right. We <laughs> Supportive. Are, again, we are the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We've got a business page on Facebook that uh, we post to, but then we also have a fans page, which is the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy fans. So if you want to go join us and we can have discussions and say fun stuff, and we're going to be launching some different things on there. We're also on Instagram at brutal underscore bizarre underscore boozy. And you can also find us on all of the typical podcasting platforms. We hope you take a listen to us and that you enjoy us and follow us and like us and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. They're incredible. 10 out of 10 recommend you guys. Seriously, they're so good. So you guys can follow us on our website, cx3podcast.com, where you can find additional information, including our blog, pictures and sources and other fun topics. You can also keep up with episode announcements, future giveaways and drop us some suggestions or constructive feedback. All of our streaming options, viewing options and our Patreon and social media pages are available on our link tree at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash c-x-3 underscore podcast in addition we need all of our mysterians help and some free ways to help support us are to go rate follow like share and subscribe and you can also help support us by joining our patreon.com i meant patreon <laughs> at <laughs> patreon.com forward slash cx3 underscore podcast.com that was a mouthful it was i stumbled you did a great. lot thanks okay well that's that on that i guess we'll see you guys next time bye <laughs>